Attention HR professionals. Are you tired of dealing with poor performance from your managers? Are you sick of having managers run to you for every single little problem? Would you like to build the confidence and competence of your management team? If so, then contact Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, we specialize in building up the skills and confidence of your organization's managers. We do this through our popular Driving Results on-site training programs, our signature program, the Video-Driven Boss Builder Academy, and we even license our course materials so you and your internal training staff can get those managers confident and competent. For more information on how we can help you improve the performance of your organization's managers, contact us today at www.thebossbuilders.com or at 931-221-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who are in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the transition to management. As the boss, one of your biggest challenges will be how to motivate a very diverse group of individuals where one size does not fit all. Our guest today is Don Kachati. Don is the president of Engage HR Now. It's a consulting firm in the Washington, D.C. area, and she's an expert in the thoughts around motivation and employee engagement. Don's going to talk about how do we look at data from engagement surveys, how do we build trust with individuals, and how do we figure out just what everybody is wired to want to make them go to work? It's a great conversation. She's got a great project she's working on that'll be ready in the next six to nine months. I'd encourage you to stay tuned. We're going to have her back on the show to talk about that. But right now, let's just dive right in. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Dawn Kachati. Don Kachati, welcome to the show. Hi, Mac. Thanks. Great to meet you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, a few weeks ago, I had a podcast interview with Sharon Armstrong, which I would encourage everybody to listen to. The title was What the Boss Needs to Know About HR. And I talked to Sharon and I says, you know, there's, there's some topics that I really want to cover for my audience that I'm not an expert in. Who do you recommend? And one of the topics was motivation. And so right away, Sharon suggested that you would be a great guest. So I appreciate you coming on the show, and I've got several questions for you. But Don, before we get to those, I was hoping you could share some of your background with our audience. Yeah, sure. So I actually started years ago in operations before I got into HR. I was in the restaurant industry. I had gone to school for hotel and restaurant management, and ended up uh, focusing in the HR operations world. I was a assistant manager and a general manager and moved up into area director. And all of these things led me to really um, you know, become interested in HR and started in training and then went full HR and went up the ladder during those time, you know, during that time. And then um, you know, started my own company over, you know, the last five years. So that's, that's a little bit of my background, but I've, you know, I've really progressed from operations all the way to full HR to owning my own company. That's a great progression. And, you know, one of the common 
complaints I hear from the HR world is that my HR people, they don't understand business. <laughs> and I think you've got the perfect background in, in somebody who's actually, you know, been on the corporate side before they actually ever get into HR. So that's yeah, great. I think it has really helped me uh, in my career to understand what operators go through and really connect uh, with all levels of an organization in order to be su successful and, and seeing the big picture of, of things and, you know, getting the strategic side of HR um, out there and getting, you know, leaders of all levels to understand the importance of HR, that it's just not tactical. It is, it is truly strategic in nature. Well, and that's something that if you're listening to this podcast right now, your HR support is not your enemy, your <laughs> HR support. And we've said this before. And yeah. the analogy I use is that it's like a wrestling match and that the HR support is your tag team partner. And when you're getting beat up, you can go to them for help, but they're not going to do all the wrestling right. for you. So listening to our podcast is going to give you hopefully a new appreciation for HR, but also uh, knowledge so you don't have to go to them with every little thing because I'm sure that gets old too, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, but you know, if you're um, doing the the HR correctly, you're invested in your people. Um, you're invested in helping them grow. And part of what we're going to talk about today is the importance of all leaders understanding uh, the motivators of people. And, and that is part of the development phase of, of what is going on. And, and it's not just HR's role, but it's those of, uh, you know, leadership in general. It doesn't matter if you're a beginning stage leader or, you know, you're a leader that's been around for, for years. You have to understand your people and those development areas. So that's some of what we're going to talk about today. That's great. Well, let's go back then, Don. So early in your career, what happened that led you to your understanding of the importance of employee motivation and motivators uh, to achieve business yeah. success? Well, I think this is going to this uh, story is going to appeal to a lot of your leaders or listeners. And, and because of the fact that, you know, I early in my career was um, a, a assistant manager in a restaurant um, and, you know, one day uh, my general manager uh, got told that he was being promoted and moving out of that uh, restaurant that I was in. And, you know, the corporate uh, boss came down with his boss and they had to select somebody from our team that was going to become the general manager and I got selected. So you would think, oh, great, you know, I'm newly promoted. That's so awesome. Um, but at that time, uh, we were already short on, on assistant managers in the, in the restaurant. Um, and I didn't have full training to be a general manager, which is something that typically happens to all of us when we are out there and, and we get this promotion, but we're not prepared. And so I was a nervous wreck and I was, you know, happy, but scared and going, well, what the heck am I going to do? I'm short two managers. I've got only one assistant manager. The store is supposed to have two. I just got promoted to this role that I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, you know, thankfully though, uh, we had been and are uh, at that time were a training store. And so 
I went home that night. Um, I was talking to my then husband and he was in the military and I was like, what am I going to do? And he threw me this book on leadership that the military had, had used and I opened it up and, and the first page was a leadership contract. And I started reading this thing and I'm like, huh, okay, I'm going to take what some of this is telling me to, you know, to think about, and I'm going to make my own contract with my trainers in the store. And I called them that night and I said, I need all of you to meet me tomorrow for breakfast. And so we all met um, and I had this contract written out of here's what I need from you. Here's what I'm going to give you. Um, and out of that, um, you know, I started a conversation with them to understand what is it that you are looking for in your career? What's important to you? And that snowballed into me being able to do this with everybody in the restaurant, not just my trainers, and getting a really clear picture of what was important to them and where they were headed and what they wanted out of that position and being able to help develop them while at the same time I was learning my job. I was teaching it to everybody. I made all these mandatory meetings once a month on teaching them the P&L, um, teaching them about the business. It didn't matter if you were a dishwasher or if you were an assistant manager, they got copies of this stuff. Now, back then, transparency was not a big thing. Nobody talked or showed the P&L to, to their you know, uh, restaurants. It was just something that I did because I was desperate, did not know what the heck I was doing, but they all like became so engaged and were so bought in to the success of the business. It was like having 25 different, you know, assistant managers in the store. And it just propelled the success of that restaurant and my career. Um, and it really started me learning the importance of getting my people involved and getting them to understand the business so that it wasn't just me and the leadership team, whatever organization or whatever industry you're in, that just really started me off on that whole search for how is this working and why is it making, uh, you know, me and the teams that I work with more successful. Well, that's great that you could discover that lesson yeah. right out of the gate versus trying a hundred different <laughs> exactly. things and failing. So thank goodness you were able to what, what, do you remember the name of the book or what service your uh, he was uh, in husband Army. was in? Um, and, you know, what? honestly, I do not know. Okay. I remember it was a small gray leadership book. Um, and on the first pages, it just had leadership contract. And that, you know, just really pushed me um, down that path of starting to think about, you know, different things and how that is going to help drive people to become leaders. And, and it didn't matter if you had a title or not. You know, I always think of uh, every single person in an organization, you know, has the capability and, and, and has the capacity to be a leader and should be looked at as one. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to talk about motivation now. And I want to use a term that's familiar. We did a podcast a, a while back on it. 
But the term is employee engagement. And so I want to know from your perspective, do you see a key relationship between employee engagement and employee motivation? I do, actually. You know, I do a lot of work with organizations on employee engagement. And I guess, you know, to um, get an understanding, when when you talk about employee engagement, there's really three uh, components to it. And when you break it down, you're looking at, are employees passionate about about their job, about the organization? Uh, secondly, you know, do they understand how their job, their role, really plays a bigger picture on what the company uh, mission is or what their goals are? And then three, are they willing to give you discretionary effort in order to accomplish those goals and and or the mission? And so when you're looking at that, um, employee engagement is really that aspect um, where uh, you're determining what is it that is motivating people to, you know, um, become engaged and and ensuring that they're having an, a, uh, you know, impact on the success of the organization. Because, you know, when you know, if you're looking for a, a definition itself on motivation, you know, you're looking at uh, people's willingness to really put a high level of effort uh, towards the organization and achieving, um, you know, the goals, but while they're also getting a specific individual need that they have at the same time, so that there's such a um, an intertwining of motivation and engagement that it's important for you know your your listeners and leaders at all levels to understand how they work together in order to help drive the the performance of the organization and individual performance well it sounds like if engagement is the condition that we want where people are passionate they know how their role contributes they are willing to give the effort to do it then the motivation then pushes them to do that did i get that right or did i have it backwards yeah yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, you're, every person has, you know, these different factors. It could be a single factor. It could be a number of different factors that, you know, are causing them to act certain ways. Um, and it's driving them uh, to perform um, at certain levels, um, or it's, you know, leading them to, you know, pursue a certain task or a goal. So those things that are important to each individual you know, as a leader, we should understand those motivators in order to get them to want to provide that extra discretionary effort, you know, help understand what it is that they're looking for, what their need is, so that, you know, they are passionate uh, about the organization, you know, understand what their need is so that they, you know, can see themselves in the organization in a day-to-day uh, what am I doing here? How am I important? Because a lot of times employees look at it like I'm just doing this job day over day, and and it's the same thing. It doesn't have any, you know, impact on it. Well, that's not true. You know, your job, regardless of what it is, a company's not going to have you there if it's not important to the accomplishment of the goal. And a lot of times, support people, especially whether that is HR or accounting or marketing, you know, they feel like 
they can get lost in, in their understanding of what am I doing here and how is it important? And those things matter. In, and we need to make sure that we're getting them to see that important aspect of their job and at the same time, understand what's driving them in order to make sure that they're, we're getting both you know, success, you know, successful on the organization side of accomplishing what they need while also giving the individual uh, the individual needs that they have, helping them to accomplish that. And now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hey, boss builders, feeling a little stressed? Want to become more mindful? Need more life mastery tools to fuel your life? Check out the Master Your Mind Business and Life podcast with Lauren Smith. This podcast will help you push past boundaries, shift your mindset, implement profitable strategies, and begin living with intention. Master Your Mind Business and Life is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular podcast apps. Tune in and turn it up. Well, for the the boss who's listening to this, how how are they going to figure out is, you know, is is my workforce engaged? Are there are there surveys that do this? And then the second piece of that is once I get that information, how do I use that to further motivate my team? Yeah, good question. So, if they are doing surveys in organizations, it's really important uh, for a uh, supervisor or manager um, and leaders at all levels to understand the big picture of what's going on in the organization. But then most engagement surveys will drill down to the department and then to the individual leader themselves and what's going on, because that that's all parts of engagement. It usually leads down into the individual leader and how successful are they at communicating, how successful are they at providing the big picture of how their you know employees are fitting into the goals of the organization. So, you know, if they're not getting that from their HR department or if the organization doesn't do engagement surveys, then when they're meeting with their staff, um, when they're having their one-on-ones with their staff, um, when they're you know communicating on a day-to-day basis, it is the conversations that they're that they're having. One of the things that I find most uh, leaders, again, all levels, have problems with is in the communication area and understanding that you communicate throughout the day. There should be a plan in, in, you know, in your system of how you're communicating and setting yourself up and your team to start the beginning of the day, how you're communicating, um, you know, that initial plan of what's going to be accomplished, and then the follow-up conversations throughout the day. And then nobody leaves without having a conversation. And it doesn't have to be something that is completely structured, but you you should have some structure around it as the leader. Um, you know, look at the beginning of your of your day, the middle of your day, and the end of your day. What are you doing throughout the the time frame that you're in in the office or on the you know manufacturing floor or in a restaurant or you know doesn't matter if it's a professional setting or not. It's what are you doing and talking to your people about that are allowing you to understand 
you know, what, what is it that they are there for? What's important to them? There's a relationship and a trust that has to happen between a supervisor and a, and a staff person. Um, and so in that relationship, you get to know what's important to your people and asking sometimes or straight out, you know, what, what motivates you to be here is not a bad question. You're, you're going to make your people think because sometimes they don't stop to think about why they're there or what is motivating them. But a lot of times they do know and you need to ask what they are looking for out of their career. And so those types of questions, if, you know, if you're not having them on a day-to-day basis, then start it at your performance review time. Um, and so these are some key areas to really look at to, to start this process. But you do have to have that communication and continual communication in order to really drive that relationship and understanding of your people. You know, your background in uh, working in restaurants, it's funny. Uh, to, uh, there's a few shows that I love to watch on TV. One of them is Bar Rescue, uh, and then the other is uh, anything mm-hmm. with Gordon Ramsay. 24 is his latest show. But in in both of these shows, and granted, it's reality TV, so there is some, um, obviously, staging. But one of the common things I see is you have an owner who just does not put themselves in the business, they become distant, and then they wonder why everything is kind of going haywire. And from what you just said, it's Mm -hmm. setting up deliberate times to communicate is the way to keep the fire burning. And uh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny, because I think uh, somebody who's in that role that is not confident that what they'll do is they'll distance themselves. And the very thing that would bring them in, they're afraid to do. So uh, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I find is it doesn't matter um, about the communication aspects. You know, you said that sometimes people in the beginning of their career, I work with CEOs that I have to retrain to get out of their office and go talk to their staff. You would think, you know, after, uh, you know, the success of making it to a, a CEO level, that they, you know, that they would know the importance of that, but that's not the case. And, and if, you know, if, if they've lost something along the way uh, that, you know, or they get too busy or they, you know, they add all these things onto their plate and meeting after meeting, you forget the importance of walking and talking to your staff. And, and, you know, there's a lot of remote people out there and you have to be a leader and a, you know, supervisor, of remote people, that does not mean you do not talk to them on a daily basis or, you know, either on the phone, which, you know, or video chat or, you know, email, whatever it is. I mean, as much FaceTime as you can have is better, in my opinion, because you need that body language uh, check-in to, you know, to see the facial expressions, not just hear the tone or determine what you think is tone on an email. Uh, it's, It's extremely important to realize that you, you know, have all these, you know, pieces. It's one of the things that I'm working on right now with a a past colleague of mine, and we're writing and, you know, creating a workbook for people on how to do these communication aspects of the beginning, middle and end of your day to, to be successful. Well, I'm going to give you a chance at the end to talk about where to get that because I know there's some folks listening that would need something like that. So, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. 
All right, so let's uh, let's let's make it easy for people. And I'm wondering if you have maybe some suggestions of things that are good motivators for employees. So, you know, this is a little tricky because every single person is motivated uh, by different things uh, and different time frames in in people's lives. Their motivators change too. So that's why these check ins are so important. You'll hear a lot. Um, as you know, people understand um, the term total compensation. You'll hear a lot about that. Um, you know, as you start getting into the strategic aspects of your your leadership pieces. But when you're looking at total compensation, there's it breaks down into two sides. You're looking at extrinsic motivators and intrinsic, and so not to make it very difficult, but extrinsic side, you know, you'll have motivators there that uh, have to do with pay. And a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm, I'm just driven by, you know, getting a paycheck, or, you know, getting my bonus, or, you know, the benefits that I have. Um, I find uh, throughout and have found throughout my career, that when people are saying that they're mad about their compensation or they're not happy with it or, you know, that they want more money, that there's something else going on, um, that it's not just the compensation, that there may be a problem other areas. And and so, you know, I find that, yes, it can be a motivator for some people, but it's not necessarily the the full driver. If you look at a lot of surveys, compensation can be, you know, around that number four ranking um, part of, of what's really driving people. Uh, I find that, you know, um, trust and, and fairness in a workplace is a, is a huge driver for a lot of people. Um, again, that part of having a, um, a, an impact in, in an organization, feeling a part of something, a part of a team, uh, you'll hear it called meaningful purpose. That is huge uh, for a lot of people. You know, that goes back to that engagement part. You know, do I see how my job is impacting something bigger than just what I'm, you know, what I'm doing here on a day-to-day basis? Uh, learning is a, a big component uh, of motivators. You know, understanding, again, where is it they want to go for their career and, and helping to keep them learning about not just the business, but their their aspect of, of the job is one piece. Recognition, just a, uh, a, a sincere, and I'm, I'm, I'm stressing sincere on, on the thank yous, um, is, is a big motivator. I hear this a lot from team members. I'm never recognized. You know, I, and I, my boss never, you know, never even says a thank you to me. And so, you know, it, those go a long way. I know people that, you know, write, uh, write out written, you know, cards to their staff. People are like, nobody takes the time anymore to write out a, a, a you know, a note, but you'd be surprised how much it means to people when they get it. Um, so, you know, there's all different things. It's not about the, uh, you know, well, we have happy hours and, you know, we have foosball tables and we have, you know, those things are, you know, all these things that you hear, these perks that these organizations have, not every organization and most, uh, you know, uh, most organizations out there are small business. They can't afford that. 
Um, so think about the things that are important to your people and things that you can give that don't cost anything. There's nothing that, you know, from cost of having a sincere thank you or teaching people about the business and, and putting in a little effort on our side as leaders to teach them your job because you want more people to know your job so you can move up. And the, you know, that's the one component that, you know, early in my career, I learned again, pure accident. If I hadn't taught all those people my job as I was learning it, I never would have been able to move up to the area director. Don't be afraid that somebody's going to take your job. You want them to take your job. So unless, of course, you love what you're doing and you want to stay there. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. I just happen to have been very driven and, and hungry for moving up the corporate ladder. But that's not for everybody and things change in people's lives. So, again, what's important to you, um, you know, and understanding what's important to your people um, are, are really some of those things that uh, are motivators. I can go on, you know, some people are motivated by title. Uh, some are motivated by status symbols. You, you know, I, there's one company I, I know of that, you know, they, those that had director titles had specific desks and it meant a lot to people to have this desk. So, I mean, you know, it's, you would think like, why would anybody care about that? Stuff? But you know what? That's something that is a status symbol for some people. And whatever that status symbol is in your culture it can help drive people and motivate them. Mm. Well, there's a lot in that. But I, from your perspective too, Don, you see a difference between maybe different leaders, uh, levels of leadership, or maybe even in different age categories? Because it already sounds like one size doesn't fit all. But have you seen anything right. that kind of fits into those areas? Yeah, you know... <laughs> There's a lot that is being talked about out there about millennials and, you know, the different generations. And, and you know, I have found that people on a whole want to feel a part of something. I don't care if you're a millennial or, you know, you're at the end of your career in the middle of it, wherever you are. Having people, um, you know, understand that they're important. It goes a long way and and that drives all generations uh you know i'm you know i've been in business for quite a long time and so my generation we didn't really have um the opportunity to have a voice per se that does not mean that we didn't want things but we you know we didn't have the opportunities to, you know, to um, come up and, and have the types of conversations and, and the, you know, impact of being able to get our voices out there the way that, uh, you know, the generation, you know, is now has with all of the social media and with the, you know, internet and, and the, you know, emails and all the, those types of things. We, we weren't, you know, we weren't there. It doesn't mean that the motivators were not the same. And I think that's a disservice to, you know, just make it seem like millennials are, are more, you know, are more hungry. They, their voices are being heard more. That's all, in my opinion, it is. And it's a different format of being heard. So, you know, those, those types of things um, are important to remember, 
but also as a leader, one of the things you need to remember is that what's important to you a lot of times in the beginning of your career will evolve as you evolve as a person, you know, where you're at, you know, uh, are you, you know, going back to school um, for, you know, getting your master's while you're working, you know, different things end up impacting you during, you know, during that time frame. you know, did you start a family, you know, that has an impact, did, you know, are you doing elder care, um, you know, and it does not matter anymore what age you are that you might be having to do elder care, all of these things, you know, um, are you getting ready for retirement, are you having to pay for your kids for college, all of these things that are happening in a person's life are impacting their motivators. And as a, you know, as a leader, you have to know these things and you have to have these conversations with your people so that you can adjust what you're doing in order to continue to motivate them and recognize the things that they're going through. They have an impact on, on their productivity. They have an impact on their capabilities of being able to, you know, to provide different insights. You know, there, there's all these changes going on within the business. Well, at the same time, your people are changing too. And you need to recognize that in order to be able to continue to give the, what they need while they're giving the organization what they need. Well, that's a lot to think about. Is there any advice you could give somebody on how they could learn those? I mean, that just seems like it would be overwhelming. <laughs> you know, it's not as difficult as it seems. You, you talk, people talk or should talk um, and have relationships. I'm not telling everybody to be a best friend with every single person. That's not it. But you do have to know your people. Um, and, and sometimes it's just these quick check-ins, um, you know, about, Hey, how was your weekend? That simple question can give you a lot of insight as to what's going on in, in your people's world. Um, and you know, sometimes it, you have much in, more in-depth conversations during, you know, scheduled time, whether that's a one-on-one -on -one or a, you know, quarterly check-in um, on, on reviews and goals. And hopefully during, you know, your performance aspects, um, you have a development section. Um, and so these conversations are, are good to, to review those things and see what those changes are. So it isn't as difficult as we make it seem, but they're your people. So investing that time up front you know, and throughout the day and throughout the week and throughout the month, uh, these things have an impact on your ability to adjust what you need to do uh, in order to continue to get them to be engaged in, in your organization. And that's really what it is. I mean, it's like a family. You should know what's going on within your family and the conversations you have there. It, you probably spend more time sometimes with your your teammates than you do with your family. So, you know, if you don't have any understanding of what's going on in their world, um, then it's going to be that much more difficult for you to get to their motivators. Mm, yeah. Well, if you could offer one piece of advice to the boss when it comes to motivating a team member, what would that advice be? Good question. Um, Obviously, we've just spent a lot of time talking about communication, but within that communication, I would say trust, build trust. 
And that is one of the key drivers I find in the success of an organization. When I do engagement surveys with organizations, there's obviously a number of questions, but the first question that I go to on everyone that is completed is the overall trust level within an organization. And if the trust level is rising, the engagement of the organization every single time has risen on the overall score. And then what you typically see is that the success of the organization is on the rise at the same time. And so, you know, if you, again, are, you know, having engagement surveys, find out from your department wise, and they should, if you are, you know, have a team, then it should scale down to what's the trust level within your team. That's key. You have to have trust or you're not going to be successful as a leader. End of story. If they don't trust you, if there's not respect, if there's not understanding, um, then they're not going to follow you and you need them to have buy-in. You need them to, to have a trust factor with you as a leader in order to be successful. Well, I can imagine that right now there's somebody listening to this interview and they're on their way home from work. Let's pretend they live in the Washington DC area. They're stuck on the American Legion bridge and they're tired, <laughs> pissed off. And they're saying, yeah, right. This is a bunch of crap because my company's culture doesn't work this way. And how am I supposed to do it when nobody supports this? So what would you say to them, Don? Because I know there's got to be hope somewhere. Yeah, there's a. I, I would guarantee you that there's a ton of people saying that right now. It's not easy. My, my you know, my, my boss doesn't care about any of that stuff. My culture is not like that. But you have to decide who you want to be as a leader. <laughs> Nobody tells you that you, you know, you can't talk to your people um, and and have communication um, or you know have have a conversation of of take their job description, start there, you know, and, and talk to them about the, the individual tasks that they're doing and how it does fit into that big picture. Now, one thing I will caution you, we've talked about a lot of different things here. Do not change your style overnight because they're all going to look at you like you're crazy. And who is this? And they're trying to, this person's trying to micromanage me. Um, you know, I hear that a lot, you know, oh, I hate micromanaging managers, you know, so there's a, you know, uh, building that trust and, and changing your style. If this is not your style and you haven't been talking to your people, um, you know, evolve into that because it's, they won't trust you if you automatically change overnight. So, um, you know, I, I think and have seen a lot of change uh, within departments as leaders evolve and, and adjust. And, you know, I've, I've seen entire organizations change um, at different rates as the leaders have changed. So, you know, your success is, is built on you and those people and the culture of your organization as a whole, whereas it's very difficult for somebody that's in the middle management role um, and that level to change an entire organization, because really it should start at your leadership um, level. 
um, that is difficult. And I'm not going to sit here and say, you can change it all by just you doing it. You can change your team. You can change your department. And those that see that will see the evolution of that. And sometimes I have seen, you know, top leadership take note of that and evolve with it. But I'm not going to sit here and lie and others around you, you know, are not going to like that you have evolved and gotten to be a better leader. But that's their problem, not yours. You need to decide what you want out of your career and what type of leader you want to be and how successful you want to be. And ultimately, if those around you are not going to change and it's not the type of culture that's going to support you and the successes that you're having, it's probably not the right organization. So that's my advice. <laughs> Good. And if you do move on, take a look at your commute before you make that decision too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Very true. Well, Don, listen, I've really have enjoyed this chat and, and the topic I think is so important. How can my audience get a hold of you? Because you obviously have a lot of expertise I'm really interested in that thing that you're putting together right now. So how can my audience get a hold of you? Uh, so I am on LinkedIn. I'm always open to connecting on LinkedIn. And, and that does not just mean, you know, send a message to me to connect. That means connect and send me a message and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast. Love what you I do answer every single person that sends me a message. Um, so, you know, there there's that way. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, so that would be a good way to actually do it. But you know what? You can email me too. Again, I answer all emails. Go on to my website, check out some of the things that we're doing, um, and the new workbook. It's it's probably a good you know six to nine months out because uh, we've just started this process of putting this together, and and so you know when when we're done, hopefully I'll I'll circle back you know with all of you and let you know that it's out there. And it will be on my website and we'll be out there doing training on this for organizations. So, yeah, I hope all of you reach out and and realize that, you know, it is important for, again, all leaders as they get connected to send a message back and say, hey, thanks for sending me a connection on LinkedIn. You know, how's it going? It's important. And I do do it. Yeah. Well, at a minimum, maybe somebody's listening and saying, I'm going to tell my boss to connect with Don. So Don, before I let you go, what, what is your website? Uh, www.engagehrnow.com. Engagehrnow.com. Well, Don, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And best of luck as you get rolling along and, and get your workbook out. Thank you. Take, take care and, and had a great time. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information. And sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea, 
We invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options, our signature driving results on-site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on site. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.